the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part eight in our series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times. As we continue forward in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now, lest I forget, we can add global conflict to the mix. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction, We always get blessed by the Lord using you to kick things off. And you said so many important things that uh, if we apply those things, uh, it could save the world. And the world is in bad shape right now. You know, what's going on with the Ukrainian people and, you know, the Russians. And this is a uh, giant before us and before those people there, Uh, even the uh, Ukrainian women are being uh, raped and killed. And a young a girl the other day, 17 years of age, was uh, raped and killed by a Russian. There's some terrible things going on. And uh, this is a Goliath. But uh, God always knows how to bring down the, the, the Goliaths, you know, in the midst of the Davids. And we just need to trust God because we need to remember that God is bigger than Goliath. He's bigger than any giant that we face in life. And a lot of us are facing giants, either with sickness in our lives, injuries, we're facing Goliaths and giants uh, with our finances, with our uh, family issues, uh, with uh, on our jobs, uh, in the hospitals, uh, we're facing giants with uh, our enemies. We're facing giants with uh, 
you know, dealing with sin in our life and addictions. We're facing so many giants, but my friend, be encouraged. There is a God of all comfort, and that God is bigger and stronger and more dynamic than any uh, satanic evil that you're facing. And the leader in Russia is a satanic uh, terrorist, but God knows how to bring down the terrorists, and he also knows how to save them. We pray for the people there and pray for Putin as well, because he can get saved. I mean, a lot of people haven't probably prayed that prayer, that he would get saved. Nobody would have ever thought that Saul before he became Paul. He was a terrorist, uh, killing Christians and doing so many terrible things to them, but God got to him. He could get to Putin as well. We need to pray for his salvation, and I wonder how many people are doing that. And so we need to remember, we have a God of all comfort. That's what it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, and you compare that to verses 4 and 11. And I've been talking about uh, why do bad things happen to good people, and uh, we are learning a lot about that. And I want to get back to that and uh, talk to you about eight reasons why God allows bad things to happen to uh, good people. Now, number one, I said last week that bad things happen to uh, good people because what God is doing, he's testing our faith. Uh, he's testing our loyalty. He's testing our faithfulness to see if we're going to be faithful people. We're going to be dedicated people to him when we're under pressure. And, you know, I've said it many times, our lives are like tea bags. You don't know how tough we are until we're put into hot water. And he wants to test our faith every day, no matter what you go through. God is testing your faith to see if you have a genuine faith, if you have a true faith, not a fake faith, not a counterfeit faith. And I don't care who you are, uh, you know, you can be uh, the most powerful person in this world, and you can be one of the most lowest person in this world, but you're going to be tested by God. Now, God is allowing tough things to happen in our lives, and we need to remember that. And why is he doing all this? To see if we're going to have a saving faith. Make a note of that, to see if we're going to have a saving faith, if we're going to have an eternal faith, if our faith is centered on God and what he wants to do in our lives. To see in the midst of the three T's, the tests, trials, tribulation, <clears throat> if we're going to have an enduring faith. God wants to develop your faith. Did you know that? He wants to develop your faith. He wants to mature your faith. He wants to grow your faith. And uh, he wants you to realize that he's trying to get you to the point where you can reflect the Imago Dei, your image of Christ in your life. Now, persevering faith, he wants to develop in your life. Now, uh, talking about this first point where God wants to develop a saving faith, an enduring faith, a testing faith. Hezekiah was being tested by God in 2 Chronicles 32 and 31. 
2 Chronicles 32 and 31. The text says God withdrew or left from him in order to test him. Make note of that. 2 Chronicles 32 and 31. The text says God withdrew or left from him in order to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. Listen, it is it wasn't that God needed to know what Hezekiah was like. God already knows that. But God tested him to see his true saving faith. That's what I've been talking about, right? He wanted to manifest that true saving faith. And God is doing that with Hezekiah and is doing that with us. God steps back in order uh, that our lives may be tested in order for our lives to be tested and our faith to see if we have a true, genuine faith, a true saving faith, not a fake counterfeit faith. That's what God is doing. I can't help but to say that over and over. Maybe it's touching somebody tonight that's listening to this. Now, another example of a testing faith, a saving faith, an enduring faith, Job is another major example of how God allows bad things to happen to his people. Job was tested beyond one's imagination. When you think that you're really being tested, just go to the book of Job. You'll be encouraged no matter what you're going through. Just start reading the book of Job. This is the first few chapters, and you'll say, oh, I thought my problems were really bad. Your problems is not near as bad as what Job went through, nor uh, what Jesus went through, and the early church. And God tested all of them, and he's testing you too, my friend. You're not going to get off the hook. Job was tested beyond one's imagination, and, and behind the scenes, now this is the thing that's so interesting, behind the scenes, Job didn't even know that it was Satan the sole cause of his disruption in his life. He didn't have no idea. You do, and you have the armor. You have all of that you can put on. But what are you doing about it? Are you putting on the armor? Because if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. Now, it's important for us to understand that God tested Job's faith. And He tested it by allowing the enemy to attack his children, attack his wealth, and destroy all of his wealth. He was smitten from the crown of his head to the bottom of his feet with a serious fatal disease. Job's whole world caved in on him and This was a major test in his life. And you know what's interesting, my friend? I'm going to say this and and bringing this home. And in the middle of all of his tests, his wife said, curse God and die. You know, sometimes, you know, the family and certain family members can be the biggest thorn in your life. And they're supposed to be the greatest support in your life. Do you have a husband that's supporting you, a wife supporting you, children supporting you, 
Do you do you have all of that supporting you in your life, or do you have somebody in your life that's like Miss Mrs. Job? You know, she had flunked and failed the test. And Job said in Job 13 and 15, Yea, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I'm gonna pass the test, Job. That was Job's attitude. His wife, now listen to this list. His wife flunked the test. His three friends flunked the test. They were the so-called comforters. And it's sad when your friend's supposed to be there to encourage you. And all they're doing is just putting you down, being negative in your life. You got people like that in your life. You know what you need to do? Like you get some scissors, just cut, 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 cut them out of your life. The Bible talks about what fellowship have light and darkness. You know, the people in your life are just always negative, pessimistic. Just cut them out of your life. But Job's wife fell the test. His three friends fell the test. They flunked the test. Wife flunked the test. Three friends flunked the test. Elihu flunked the test. Job was the only one that passed the test. God wants to, I'm going to say this in conclusion, God wants to bring in our lives, develop in our life a real faith, a genuine faith, a faith that perseveres until the end, a faith that is willing to go to the point of death no matter what one goes through. My question to you is, are you passing the test? Are you flunking the test? My challenge to you right now, if you flunk the test over and over, let's pray for you right now. Lord, we lift up those who are constantly flunking the test. Help them, Lord, to repent of trying to do it their way. Help them to surrender to you as Lord, not only a Savior, but Lord, ruler, king of their lives and help them to be empowered by the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us in Christ, we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us, Philippians 4 and 13. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says regarding the churches, regarding passing the test, not flunking the test. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. Be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith all these many, many years. We certainly appreciate your prayers, and we know they are instrumental in keeping us on the air. Cost us four hundred a week to remain on the air, and we need your support with not only through your prayers but through your financial giving. It's so critical because we don't want you to tune in on a Saturday night 
and discover we're no longer on the air because of the fact that we didn't get enough participation in terms of giving. It's so important. We need you to be consistent in giving. We need you to be consistent in prayer. We need your help continuously. So please, there's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements. And uh, we do want to encourage people to continue to pray for us and support us and send us letters uh, because that always encourages us when you send a letter and talk about how Contending for the Faith is blessing you and your family. This program is touching so many people. And by the way, I want to, speaking of that, I want to read a letter that was sent to us, as well as a donation. We were blessed by the donation, as well as a wonderful letter. And it says, Dear Dr. Buckner, thank you so much for the series, The God of All Comfort. It came at a perfect time for me. I've been going through lots of health problems, even the hospital for heart problems. Your series has brought me so much peace I felt the Lord with me, and I even felt a lot of joy just knowing how great he is. Thank you for this encouraging message. It has blessed me so much. Yours in him, Sandy. What a beautiful uh, letter, Gary. And I tell you, it always encourages us, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What a beautiful letter. And also, before I forget, you've got a speaking engagement coming up soon, don't you? Oh, yes. And before that, uh, we got like a little uh, sense of humor, but powerful thing that uh, Sophia said. You want to share that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sophia. (laughs) Yes, she said that uh, our program is her lifeline. And uh, I was I was just joking with Dr. Buckner and thinking, you know, that's Craig Roberts show with lifeline. (laughs) We're contending for the faith. But that was just a bad joke. Sophia, we love you so much. You're so supportive of our program and us, and we can't thank you enough for your prayers and um, your giving as well. You've been such a blessing to this ministry. Every time you call in, we appreciate what you have to say and the, the love that you have for the broadcast and for us. So we just say thank you, Sophia. Amen. That's so true. Thank yeah. you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Sophia, as well. <laughs> Well, you want to get, oh yeah, you want to bring the announcement. Give us the announcement. Yes, we're burning up airtime here. Let's let's get to this announcement so we can get to these callers. So Friday, March 18th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And Saturday, March 19th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Refuge Church. Uh, he's going to do a message on the seven principles of a true spiritual warrior of God. Then Sunday, March 20th, 10.30 a.m., 
God allowed Satan to attack Job in six ways, all starting with the letter F. He'll be giving that message. And so uh, that's going to be at the Refuge Church, Saturday, March 19th, Saturday, March 18th, Saturday, March 20th. Uh, let's see. That's 1187 Meadow in Concord, California. Uh, for more information, you can always call them at area code 925-671-0702. So that's Dr. Buckner's going to be uh, at the Refuge Church. If you live in that area in Concord, we want to encourage you to come out. Great opportunity uh, to talk to him take advantage of his many, many years of experience and uh, wealth of knowledge. So I want to encourage everybody in the listening audience, come out March 18th, 19th, and 20th at the Refuge Church. We'll be talking more about that in the next break. So if you didn't get that, you'll get it then. All right, Dr. Buckner. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Let's get to our callers. Okay. <clears throat> I think we have Brother Jermaine up first. Brother Jermaine, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice again. And uh, we trust you got encouraged and blessed by the message. Yeah, as always, um, it's a blessing and blessing enough to have it on podcast. I can continue to listen. Amen. Very good. Very good. And you always have a good question. And what's on your heart, brother, tonight? What question you have for us? (laughs) Well, um, just given the current world situation, and and I heard what you said about uh, the uh, Russian soldiers being accused of rape, and that seems to be a one of the more prevalent just crimes in in a war. No matter where it is, people start taking liberties. And when I hear politicians, I hear it around the world, but especially ours, say "God bless America." I, I watch the State of the Union with uh, President Biden, and those things bore me. But I want to be informed. And before you know, he uh, finished his message. He had gave a special message to the lgbt community who uh, i don't i don't hate i have you know a heart for at this point in my life but we know it's 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 pretty much perversion and is it even biblical to say god bless america or whatever country you're from when you know that open perversion and war crimes and horrible things are going on because i hear politicians say it almost like it's almost like ending a prayer in jesus name like God or Jesus signed off on everything. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, that's a very good question. And you uh, are making some good points. Um, What uh, has happened uh, from a historical standpoint is that uh, people have uh, used the name of God in a uh, cavalier way and a disrespectful way, because uh, a lot of times when people say, God bless America, you have to ask the question, who is their God? Because a lot of times when they say God bless America, their God that they're talking about is not the God of the Bible. So a lot of people use that word and they use it loosely and they abuse the name of God. And that's a dangerous thing to do. You know, now, uh, as far as uh, people saying God bless America, I know what they're trying to do is, you know, keep God in in the picture. Uh, I respect that, uh, as well as uh, they're uh, looking to Him uh, to be the answer to the world issues. But there is a problem with that 
in this sense, because <clears throat> somebody says, well, where is the biblical uh, basis for what you're saying, Dr. Buckner? Well, it tells us in Second John, Second John 10, and Second John 10, it says, if there come, if there come any unto you and bring not the doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. In other words, what John is saying, the word Godspeed is another word for God bless you. A lot of people don't know that, <clears throat> but that's the way they used it. So what John is saying, if uh, an unbeliever comes in the church and they're trying to disrupt the church, and you say to them, God bless you, that's the wrong context to say it. Now, I'm apply this to us using this term in America. I mean, we need to say, God will bless America. This is the way we should be phrasing it. We should change it up and say, God, bless, God will bless America if we come back to Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So we want to be, we want God to bless America. Okay, the way it should be said, and I know this is uh, helpful to you as well. We should say to people, okay, we're not supposed to say, God bless you, unless you're a believer, number one. And number two, God is not going to bless America unless America repent of her sins and turn from her sin, and God will heal the land. The land needs to be healed by God. And so we shouldn't be saying it unless we say, we say it this way again. God is only going to bless America if we repent and turn to him. And that's the only way I'm going to be saying it. I'm going to be saying, you know, you want America to be blessed? That's the way I would come at people. You want America to be blessed? Okay. Then look at Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Even though that's applied to Israel, God still can apply it to us today, you know. And uh, if we repent, we can turn from our ways. God will heal the land. He's not going to heal the land by us just using a lot of phrase and terminologies to just uh, think that this is the way it's going to work. It's going to work by us repenting, confessing our sins, repenting, and turning to God. So hopefully that gives some additional insight, especially Second uh, John 10, knowing the word Godspeed is another phrase for uh, God bless. Yeah, it helps me out tremendously, Dr. Buckner. I'm going to do a little bit of a study on that. I appreciate that answer. Thank you. You got it. What a good question as well. God bless you, brother. Appreciate your question and always your concern about what's happening in our world today. Yeah. All right. God bless you and your family. Take care. We have enough time for right. the next question. We'll get the question in and then we can uh, come back to it. I do believe we do have enough time. Let's go to KT in Oakland. Are you Whoa. there, KT? KT, how you doing? I'm doing good, Dr. Bartner. Oh, good, good. You were at my conference there in, in Oakland? Yeah, I was there, and uh, 
you know, I, I stayed because I thought you guys were going to have the uh, question and answer, but, um, you know, everybody left, so. Um, oh, yeah. Were you the gentleman that came up and said you wanted to ask the question and you never got a chance to do that? Yeah, that was me. I remember you. I remember you now. So uh, yeah. I'm glad that you followed up on saying, you know, what I shared with you, call in on the radio, you'll definitely get uh, uh, a chance to ask that question. So uh, what's your question? What's on your heart? Well, I had a couple of questions, if, if, if I can, if that's okay. Uh, sure. Number one. My first question is um, about the uh, about the Israelite, the black Israelite groups. Or, but you you know you call them they they refer to themselves as camps. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to know how many of these camps are in the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, Bay Area. Right. Well, you no, know, no. it's not it's not a, a, a whole whole lot. Uh, you know, uh, you know, not, not like you have in uh, Chicago and places like that. You know, you have a whole lot more, uh, mm -hmm. but they're scattered in most communities uh, in the Bay Area, include, you know, so they are scattered out. It's difficult to know how many uh, mm -hmm. because they are very private in their membership. They're very private. So, uh, a lot of cults are that way. They are private. So uh, there are some in the Bay Area. We don't know how many, but there are some. The reason why I know that as well is because I did a lecture uh, in Stockton um, at a predominantly Black church there. They have an apologetic ministry, and they had me to come, and they had about 20 Black Hebrew Israelites come to the church and they were uh, asking me questions and stuff like that on uh, the Ten Commandments. And they were saying that, you know, that's what we should live by. And I said, we're not under the old covenant. We're under a new covenant and the old covenant is obsolete, according to the Bible and the book of Hebrews. And that, you know, we're not under the Ten Commandments. We're under right, the right. commandment of Christ to love him with everything and our neighbor and upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. So they couldn't have, they didn't have anything else to say about that. But so to answer your question, we really don't know because they're so private and, uh, but they'll show up every now and then. But it's, I can tell you this, like in uh, Chicago and places like Detroit and places like that in Southern states and New York, New York, there are a lot more than there are here in the Bay Area, and they're kind of more private here. So you, it's hard to give you a full answer on that. Okay. Now, uh, all right. Uh, and my second question is about the the King James. You 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 stress that they like to, or they stress the King James only translation. I was wondering why did they uh, only prefer the King James? translation. Okay. And, and hold so hold your thought. That. We need to go to a commercial break and yeah. we'll get the answer to that question when we come back. But okay. it is time for us to take a quick commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Once again, we want to thank all of you who are continuously praying for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry indeed. And we know without your effectual, fervent prayer, we would not be on the air. And we also want to thank those of you who have been consistent in your giving to this ministry because it's listener-supported. And without your support, we would not be able to do what we need to do financially here. It cost us 400 a week to... Uh, pay for this broadcast. And Dr. Buckner and I do not receive pay. Everything goes right back into airtime. And it's so vitally important that you continue to pray for us and also that you continue to partner with us financially. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Refuge Church It's located at 1187 Meadow in Concord, California. Uh, He's going to be speaking March 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, So you want to check him out on those dates, Friday, March 18th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., Saturday, March 19th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., and he'll be speaking on the seven principles of a true spiritual warrior of God. Then Sunday, March 20th, At the 10.30 a.m. service, he's going to be speaking on why God allows Satan to attack Job in six ways, all starting with the letter F. So once again, Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow in Concord, California. You can reach them for more information at area code 925-671-0702. All right, we were on the phone with KT, and he was just asking his second question. Yes, uh, uh, KT. Um, So your second question, again, you want to repeat that again, and then we'll try to address that. Yes, I wanted to know why do uh, the black Israelites, or some of them, put an emphasis on using the the King James Version, you know, 1611. Uh, What is it about that that you know, they want to put an emphasis on just that translation. I, I noticed you mentioned that in your presentation. So I wanted to know why, what's the big thing about the King James Version to them? Yes. Well, there's several things with that. They, uh, because they are racist, right? Because they're a racist group uh, cult. And they believe that everybody in the Bible was black, you know, like the nation of Islam. They say everybody in the Bible was black. And they even say that uh, the black Hebrew Israelites say that King James was black as well. And King James was not black. He was English. But they argue that he was black. And so they say that, you know, he had like a special anointing uh, being a black person. He was part of the 
translation as well. So that they emphasize that and they um, believe that the King James was uh, given straight from Mount Sinai down to the earth. Now, apparently they're ignorant because the King James is not the uh, best and oldest translation. It's a, it was a good translation at the time, but there are other translations that are more closer to the Greek and the Hebrew. Like, for instance, uh, I don't want to get too big and too technical of my words, but Codex Sinaiticus, Codex Beza, Codex Alexandratus, and Beza. And they also found other manuscripts with the Dead Sea Scroll. So there's other manuscripts that is older and it's more closer to the Greek and the Hebrew, the Hebrew and the Greek. And so when you look at something like the uh, the NIV, the American Standard Version, even the New King James Version, it'll use, for instance, the word Holy Spirit. Even in the New King James, the Old King James uses the word Holy Ghost. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is not a ghost. But the writers, the 52 scholars that wrote this, the 1611 translation, they literally had the manuscript that they had for the day, that day, but they didn't have the best. And so, uh, you know, but when they looked at spirits, they looked at them in that era as ghosts. So they put that in there and there are a lot of other things that are there, but they're just not, um, you know, educated to the manuscripts. And what I would try to do when I'm dealing with them is stick with Christology because it's a sidetrack. It's like the Jehovah's Witnesses trying to get into 144,000. They'll argue that and they'll talk about, you know, they're going to inherit the earth and God is coming back, Jehovah, and they get into Jehovah. But you know, the bottom line is this, you're not going to get into heaven based upon the King James Version or any translation. You're going to get into heaven based upon Christology. That's one of the things that I mentioned at the church when I got into all of those ologies. Christology, you you got to be right with Jesus Christ because you can have the King James Version, the NIV, the American Standard Version, the New International, and still go to hell because you don't know Jesus. So my right. emphasis with them would be, okay, brothers, you know, you're not familiar with the manuscript, but the bigger issue is, What's going to get you into uh, knowing Jesus is knowing the right Jesus. And that's what I would stick with. I would stick with that, even though we need to have answers in other areas, I would stick with that. So hopefully that kind of gives a shed a little more extra light to what you're asking. Okay, Dr. Bernard, thank you very much. I appreciate your ministry. And uh, are, are there any uh, other uh, ministers out there like yourself that are in apologetics, I mean, um, black ministers, because uh, I know about some of the other apologetics, but most of those guys are are white. But you're the only one that I know that does what you do, uh, yeah. you know, that's mm -hmm. black. So are there any others besides you? You know what? I'm kind of like one of those rare persons <laughs> that uh, specializes in this field in apologetics and that sort of thing. It's not 
that many, like you said, there's many white uh, scholars that are into apologetics and defending the truth and that sort of thing, uh, and many black pastors of the churches, but I bring a lot uh, additional stuff along with my pastorship is, uh, you know, apologetics and evangelism because my mentor, Walter Martin, said apologetics is the handmaiden of evangelism. So, uh, so your point is I'm one of the rare ones and, uh, and some pastors are learning about me and they're saying, you know, you're a rare uh, biblical scholar as well as an apologist and you're black on top of that. We need to utilize you, and, and and even your pastor said, "I want to get you back many different times." And said, "Well, anytime you call on me, I'm open to come back and do what I need to do for the glory of God." Well, well thank God for you because we need more like you. Well, thank you. So your words have been encouraging to me and to our staff, and uh, don't make it the last time calling in. And anything we can do, we're here for you. And get some people out there to support us. Being on the air is 400 a week. And they can go to contendingfaith.org and hit the donate button and just bless us because the more they bless us, the more we're able to do what we're doing. So appreciate you, and God bless you, brother. Appreciate your call. Okay, thank you, brother. All right, God bless. All right, we're going to go to Brother Rick holding on line three. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I am blessed. How about yourself? Brother, I'm truly blessed. What a program tonight. Choir program and it brings back memories for me. Amen. I'm going to go to my question. Okay, what's your uh, Okay, in Genesis six, we hear about the um, we hear about the giants and the gods of, and the gods came to, the the men of God came to daughters of men. Right. And, they, and, and one of the interpretations of that is that angels had sex with human women. When, when when did this interpretation begin and where? <laughs> That's a good question. It's just, you know, just to say this, to get into where it came from, because it's important for people to know history. And like Winston Churchill said, he that doesn't know the past is destined to repeat it. And I say destined to repeat it ignorantly. And, you know, it's just a whole bunch of mythology uh, in terms of people believing like that and, you know, angels don't uh, have like human DNA and Jesus debunked all of that. And Matthew 24, he says, uh, you know, a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And the first principle of hermeneutics is that you always interpret the uh, Old Testament in the light of the new and never the reversal. That's a real error to do it the opposite way. But to answer your question directly, um, that um, the... Uh, this teaching uh, started uh, back with the book of Enoch, uh, which is a non-canonical uh, uh, book, and uh, it's a non-canonical uh, Jewish text, and it re remained popular in some areas. And in the book of Enoch, it was teaching that teaching of, of uh, angels having sex with with humans, and then unfortunately it started influencing uh, some Jews it started influencing uh, some uh, ministers and and even the early church to some degree was affected by it uh, they I mean Jude quotes from it but 
he's quoting from it just as a resource, not as authoritative. So anyway, to answer your question directly, it comes from an, uh, an, uh, non-canonical apocryphal book that's not considered scriptorial. And uh, a lot of people just got duped by the foolishness of this mythology and just started teaching it. And there are some prominent pastors today that teach this. I've heard them even on Cape Facts teaching it. So anyway, hopefully that answers your question. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. We're going to try to squeeze in uh, Cece real quick and get him in here as well. But appreciate your call, Brother Rick, and God bless you, brother. All right, let's get to uh, Cece. All right, Cece, how you doing? All right, how you guys doing? Oh, we are truly blessed. We trust that you got blessed by the program tonight. Oh, there's never a time since I've listened to this program I haven't got blessed. What what stood out? What what ministered to you? A lot of stood out to me, but I like how you said um, a person who needs testing our faith, a person is, perseveres to the end to even the point of death. And those are times where people's faith will not go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it won't perfectly, especially when it comes to death, you know? So, I mean, you, a lot of people, you know, you have to deny Jesus at this point, and where they won't deny him. They're, they're going to keep their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will deny him, you know what I'm saying, and, and keep their life rather than to deny him. Uh, that's so true. Well, thank you for that encouraging word. Just get your question in before we... Uh, have to close. We only have about three or four more minutes. What's on your heart tonight? I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think about uh, Gessius Flores? Gessius Flores, wow. Yes, and you want to know what about him? You want to know something about him? I just want want to know your your input on him. Okay, very good. Well, uh, Flores, Gessius Flores, uh, was noted for his cruelty of Jews. That was the main thing that he was noted for. Uh, he had Jews killed regardless of sex or age and plundered their uh, houses. On one particular day, 3,000, can you imagine? 3,600 Jews were slaughtered. Many were scourged and crucified by him. And he gave full liberty to the Greeks to attack the Jews Gessius Flores was uh, Nero's uh, representative, uh, and uh, you're talking about uh, being connected with Nero, uh, you know you got some uh, serious problems here. So uh, he uh, uh, permitted a massacre of Jews in Jerusalem, and the Zealots there rose up in revolt. He was antagonistic against the Jews. And then Josephus said he was primarily the cause of the first Jewish-Roman war. And he favored the Greeks over the Jews' population. So we're talking about around the seventh seventh Roman uh, leader in Judea from uh, 64 until 66. So uh, hopefully that kind of gives you a little... Uh, additional insight to whatever you've studied. I'm sure you probably looked at him as well, but hopefully you've learned a little extra stuff with that. 
Yeah, you actually filled in the blanks uh, when I was studying. Those those parts you filled in, so now I got a, now I get a, a better picture. That's all I was like going to you. Thank you. Oh, beautiful, right. beautiful. Thank, Thank you for your question. I hear the music revving up in the background, so it's about that time. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. Uh, you can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.